Welcome back to Popular Apocrypha. Joining me, as always, is the indomitable mm. Riley Fairgrief. I was literally just singing that word. That's weird. It's a really good word. Indomitable? Indomitable. I cannot be dominated. It's like the abominable. The abominable Nick Bates. <laughs> that's that's me. Yeah. I was just singing that word. That's super weird. Abominable? You and, cannot be abominated. And the predictable... <laughs> The predictable Tyler Reed. That's hey, me. That's, 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 that's so weird. I was just thinking that word. It's like I was predictable, predictable or something. Yeah. We didn't plan this punchline. <laughs> <laughs> it what, happened. What punchline? Ah, <laughs> this one. Rap. <laughs> Why didn't you just hit him instead? <laughs> I would have just punched him. <laughs> We're like, man, a noise like that. Wap. 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 Well, if this is your first time joining us, <clears throat> we are po- we are Popular Apocrypha. Uh, we're a podcast where we take on fictional characters, whether they're from a movie, a film, that's the same thing, a book, <laughs> a comic, a video game, and then we rework them and make them... Sometimes tapestries. Better? Occasionally. Um, why not? I mean, we could. We haven't yet, but we could. We're kind of like a character workshop where we take on the fictional character and then we rework them and take off parts that we don't like and add on parts that we do. Um, so before we get into uh, this uh, week's character, which is um, Jack Torrance from The Shining. Wow. Uh, before we get into him, Here's uh, we're going to uh, play a little game. A little game. A little game. Just a little warm-up game. All or no play fun. makes Jack a dull boy. But there's a reason for this two in a row. Hit me. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to give you a high five no. on an audio podcast. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I just want everyone to know, Nick just high-fived himself. I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Um, but with this game, there's a reason why we're playing this game. So be, uh, I thought that it would be a good idea because um, we, we've we been getting some more listeners lately, and I, I hope that uh, people are getting a decent sense of who we all, each of us are as persons, as yep. people. But also uh, with the... Um, launch of our now our Patreon page, Hey-o. which is now launched. into the full episode. I I wanted to do a game where we got to know each of us a little bit more. Oh boy! So we're gonna do that. But again, before we get to that, either I just want to say about the Patreon page that since we just launched the Patreon page, we're really excited to offer some great and exclusive stuff to those of you that want to help us make more content, podcasts, and more. You can support Popular Apocrypha on any level um from one dollar a month or up um and in return you get some awesome exclusive things like early access for the podcast access to all of our post shows um uh unique merch like mugs and posters or even join us on air all at different levels uh we're especially excited to be bringing you a brand new supplemental monthly podcast called the apocryphal appendices uh sometimes we mention things in the popular apocrypha podcast that deserve more attention than we can give them during the show Um, That's what the appendices is uh, all about, tackling some of those larger issues and themes from this podcast. Uh, You can find our Patreon page by going to patreon.com and searching for Popular Apocrypha, or more easily by going to patreon.com slash popapoc. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-O-P-A-P-O-C, patreon.com slash popapoc. We are super, super excited to be partnering with you, um, our amazing community, now more than ever before. Uh, so check out our Patreon page and let us know what you think. So with that said, uh, let's get into the game. So this is 
Um, I, I, I'm imagining this as this is kind of a first date podcast edition between all of us, each I of us. I haven't been on a first date in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So this is a chaperoned first date um, in that I am the chaperone. Oh, bummer. And each of you is on the on a date with the audience. So we... Oh. oh. So, so I don't have to keep a Bible between us at all times. I mean... You're not wrong. Right. But I'm also chaperoning you, so... I'll just sneak you some vodka in your nope. pension. It'll be fine. Nope. But I do have Me some... Uh, go around back and smoke a spliff. I have some questions. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I have some questions for both of you. I control me dad. <laughs> I'm not your dad. I'm your chaperone. <laughs> so I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask each of you a series of questions. It has to be rapid fire. If you take lo- too long, I'm going to move on to the next question. Okay. So... Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I'll your politician voice. My politician voice? Yeah. Why? I'm on a date. I don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. He wants you to be even more sleazy. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> even more. More than you currently are, Fairgreen. Uh, I can do I that. I was thinking more than on an average first date, but mm. that works too. I'll date Fairgreen. Nice, what? Nice to meet me. How do you like your eggs in the morning? Nick, you need to calm down. <laughs> The finger guns I just got were a little... I, I felt attacked. Mm. Riley, are you ready? I am ready. Five, four, three, two, one. If animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Uh, a opossum. Uh, in 40 years, what will people be nostalgic about? Memes. What inanimate object do you wish you could eliminate from existence? Onions. What are some things that are okay to occasionally, but definitely not occasionally... And not okay to do every day. What are some things that are okay to do occasionally, but definitely not okay to do every day? One thing. One thing? One thing. Uh, 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 shave. What? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it every day. Don't. Ex- not, excuse me? It's not good for your skin. That's technically true. What is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's home? <laughs> a, no, I have, I have seen a, uh, doll collection but not just like dolls like marionettes and like a puppet collection what is the most embarrassing thing you have ever worn uh a mario costume what would be the most embarrassing okay no no wait i had to think about it for a little bit i went to a 70s themed birthday and i wore a tank top with holes cut in it and tie-dye pants did i go to that no it was in california okay Cool. Uh, nice. What would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse? To scale up to the size of a horse? Yep. The coolest animal? Yep. A pygmy mouse. No, no, no. A kangaroo kangaroo rat. If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Final question. Forgery. Of? <laughs> of banknotes selling fake ids the declaration of independence, <laughs> declaration of independence. <laughs> right, all right. ah okay okay i feel like there you go attacked yeah a little bit good <laughs> good that was the that was the point who because you never really told me how long i had to answer questions so, do no. i get do i get the same question i came close twice to moving on what so, do i get the same questions no thank god <laughs> but there, i have a good, couple good answers for a couple of those though okay the embarrassing one specifically. Like, the, what was the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn, Nick? Um, I've worn it twice now. In stand. It was an Olaf costume. 
but because I'm a tall man, it was it was just a little bit too tight, um, and I'm all torso. It was a little bit too tight on my nuts. Okay. So there was you could easily see my nuts. No, I don't not, like it. Not my not my penis, just my nuts. Okay. Am I gonna have to give an NSFW tag to this episode? Not having sex <laughs> yet. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this out so bad. <laughs> okay, Nick, are yeah, you ready? Yeah, what's up? What's up? If you die and find out that everyone gets to choose a 12-foot by 12-foot square to stay in alone for eternity without being able to influence or contact the living world, what 12 by 12-foot square would you choose to stay in? Uh, center of the Supreme Court. Interesting. What's the best type of cheese? Uh, cheddar. Sharp cheddar. In one sentence, how would you sum up the entire internet? Um, porn. And sometimes more porn. <laughs> Period. <laughs> if all of the states in the if all the states in the U.S. were represented by food, what food would Washington D.C. be represented by? Washington D.C. Yes. Probably um, a tower of steak because it's over the top, but still tastes good sometimes. What would be the absolute worst name you could give your child? Uh, master. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nick uh, for those out of the lake, my name is Nick Bates. So, ah, put three and four together and get whatever you want. Oh, get seven. Couple, yeah. couple more questions. What are some fun and interesting alternatives to war that countries could settle their differences with? Uh, rock paper scissors, um, paper mache, sword fights, and um, competitions in which two people try to drown each other, and the first person to drown and the resuscitate the other person wins. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. How many I like his questions better. <laughs> how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Um, how? What kind of chickens are we talking? Moving on. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Hot dog is not a sandwich. Hot dog is a hot sandwich. Hot dog is not a sandwich. I don't care what the sandwich people say. A hot dog is not a sandwich, and it never will be. Nick. You know, it's closer to a taco than it is a sandwich, who, but it's not a taco either. No, it's not corn-based. Taco. Ta- taco. Uh, flour tortillas, my dude. It's a burrito. No, it's not. Yes, it I is. disagree. You're wrong. Open soft shell tacos are a thing. It's a burrito. It is not a burrito. Yeah, you leave it open at the top, it's a taco. If it's made in a corn tortilla, yes. No, if it's made in a flour tortilla and it's open at the top, it's a soft shell taco. I've never even seen such a thing, but if it exists, it's a burrito. We need to go hang out at Taco Bell more often. Or Chipotle. Or Chipotle. It's a burrito if it's flour. If it's a wrap, yes, it's a burrito. And you can have corn tortilla burritos. But the point... Is, is that, that hot, hot dogs dog are not sandwiches. Sandwich. I've never been so mad in my whole life. <laughs> Whoa. Being attacked by my friends. Whoa. Okay, let's let's do one more question. I'm okay. stressed out. And all of us will answer this final question. Y'all harsh and mellow. No. Tyler yes. did. I did nothing. <laughs> I'm passively observing. <laughs> this is the final question. Each one of us will answer. We'll start with Riley and go counterclockwise. Okay. What mythical creature would improve the world most if it existed? Ooh. A liger. An honest politician. Basically. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and Riley wins. Congratulations. <laughs> Audience, uh, you've won a date with Riley. Congratulations. Hey. <laughs> I'm married. Make sure you kiss him on the mouth. No. Just what on is, the cheek. Is this a theme it's between the, episodes now? No tongue on the first date is the only rule. No, there the are only multiple rule? rules. What's the other rules? There are lots. About the first date? Yes. Name one. You pay. Okay. 
I specifically pay. You're yes. Telling, wait, you're tell, oh, <laughs> Nick so pays. pays. Yes. Nick pays for the entire audience to go on a date with Riley. That's what it sounded like. That's that sounds like I'm rule hearing. number one. What's rule number two? No tongue on the first date? Fair. Okay, what's rule number three? Uh, That's right, you can't, can't think of any. No. There's no more rules. There's only one rule. No, there are rules. I can't think of them. <laughs> I am stressed out. <laughs> you know who else was stressed out? Jack Torrance in The Shining. Ooh, mm. great transition. Segways. Segways. <laughs> Writing segways. Not only a great way to get around, but also a great way to transition between conversations. <laughs> That's my segway sound. It's a very good noise. Thank you. So, there's a fair amount of information that um, I didn't know, and that I think that we should have in the back of our heads, or the forefronts of our heads, um, when discussing uh, Johnny, otherwise known as Jack Torrance. Um, so... Let me just run through this real quick, especially for those um, that might not know or might not have ever read or seen The Shining. So John Daniel Edward, otherwise known as Jack Torrance, is the main antagonist of Stephen King's horror novel slash film The Shining from 1977, most notably portrayed by Jack Nicholson in the 1980 movie. Um, uh, no, excuse me, 1977 movie. Uh, Jack Torrance originally grew up in Stovington, Vermont, where his abusive father uh, worked in a local hospital. Later in life, Jack became a writer and teacher, but his own growing alcoholism, drug abuse, and temper cost him his teaching position and nearly ended his marriage to his wife, Wendy. He gives up the drinking and drug abuse after breaking his son's his son Danny's arm in a blind rage and promises Wendy that she can leave him if he ever drinks or uses again. When we first meet Jack in the film, he has just accepted a winter maintenance slash caretaker kind of position, staying at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado for the winter. Jack accepts this position in the hopes that this will salvage his family, reestablish his writing career, and give him the time and privacy to finish especially his promising play that he's working on. He moves to the hotel with Wendy and Danny. Uh, Danny, is who is uh, telepathic and sensitive apparently to supernatural forces. The Shining. The Shining. His ability <clears throat> is otherwise called The Shining. The hotel, um, the Overlook Hotel, based off of the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, we learn throughout the, the, the film and the novel, is haunted by the ghosts of those who have violently died within it and is itself host to a powerful being of some sort of unknown origin that wishes to coerce Jack into killing his son Danny. Um, apparently, the malevolent power believes that it can harness the boy's abilities, that's shining, um, then it can break free of the building that it has somehow become trapped within. To this end, Jack encounters ghosts of previous staff of the hotel who insist that he has always been working there and that he must kill his family. Jack eventually succumbs to these supernatural forces as well as his due to his drinking, drugs, and self, uh, sex problems and grows to hate his own wife and child over the course of the... Uh, the, the story. Jack eventually cuts off all communication, sabotages the snowmobile. Um, he then tries to kill Wendy, who knocks him out and locks him in a storage room. Jack, however, is helped out of the food storage room by the ghost of the previous caretaker who murdered his own family before committing suicide. In the novel, Jack then brutally attacks Wendy with a mallet that he found, although she escapes and then Jack is interrupted by the arrival of the cook, um, the hotel cook, Halloran, Dick Halloran. However, in the film, this is when Jack, uh, the, the classic uh, scene where Jack chases Wendy with an axe, chopping down the bathroom door and murdering the hotel cook, Halloran, instead of just injuring Halloran with said axe. 
Um, immediately following this is another major difference between the novel and the film. In the novel, Jack finds and confronts Danny and is about to kill him when his son reaches through the hotel's power and redeems his father somehow. Um, remembering how much he loves his son, Jack allows Danny, Wendy, and Halloran to escape moments before the hotel's boiler explodes, killing him. Hmm. But in the film, Jack is portrayed as having gone completely insane, apparently from the very beginning moments of the film. Um, or so it is so implied. Um, after killing Halloran, Jack hears Danny screams and chases him out into the snow into a hedge, while in the novel, topiary animals come to life and threaten Danny. Uh, in the film, Danny walks backwards in his own footprints to mislead Jack and then jumps off to the side and slips out of the, the hedge maze. Um, and remember how the uh, the ghostly hotel staff all tried to convince Jack that he had always worked there since the like the beginning of the hotel? The film ends featuring an old photograph of a dance at the hotel from the 1920s that shows Jack at the event, even though the story takes place at the, the when it was created in 1977-1980. Um, so while that's the Jack that most people know from the film and the novel, there is a few other things that are important to note um, from the sequel novel called Dr. Sleep that uh, follows those events. Danny, now going by Dan, learns that Jack was also the biological father of a woman named Lucy Stone. That woman, that Jack's other uh, offspring, that daughter, has also had a daughter um, who is manifesting shining abilities even more powerful than Danny's. Uh, or Dan's, excuse me. Shortly before uh, Jack was hired from his teaching position and unbeknownst to anyone else, Jack apparently had a uh, encounter with a student teacher at a party that led to this daughter um, being born. Uh, in the climax of the novel, Jack's ghost intervenes to help Dan and his, uh, his granddaughter um, defeat the main villain at the site where the Overlook, the hotel from the first The Shining, took place. Um, after the battle, Jack blows a goodbye kiss to his now-grown son. Uh, so in the novels, Jack wasn't as uh, completely insane and was more of a would-be hero completely overcome by his own vices. But that's Jack Torrance, the psychopath, sociopath, killer, crazy, man, murder, not murder, depends. So, hmm. I know that's a lot, but... Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's important because there's some pretty significant differences between the film and the novels, um, especially as to the uh, Jack's nature, what he's like, what he does, and what he's why he's doing the things that he's doing. Um, but I, I have some questions, but I want to before we get into those, I want to open it up to any initial thoughts moving forward from either of you. I just thought in the film at the very very end when he's in the photograph. I thought it just kind of, like, that it, it could imply that he was part of the hotel the whole time. But it also, I, I thought, when I was watching the film, that it almost kind of symbolizes that the hotel has taken him now. Right. So, like, I, but I, I could see how it it's both. <coughs> right. I, I guess just whenever I read the, the theories about the mo movie and people said oh, he was always there because of the photo. I always interpret that scene as saying the hotel has now taken him. Now, now it has captured him, like it captured perhaps the past caretaker. So one of my questions, probably my biggest question that I want to, is more of an idea that while pre preparing for this episode, I had related to exactly that. The, the Is he a part of the hotel? Is he Was he there the whole time? How can that be? How does that make sense? And, I mean, 
I think tying together more than just that, but other things from the, the film and the novel as well. I mean, what if Jack, um, well before we meet him in, um, in the novel or in, uh, uh, the film, uh, what if Jack is actually a time traveling ghost hunter, a time traveling ghost hunter. Yes. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Okay. Why the time traveling? So the time traveling is ma- is is a couple of things. So first, in the in the film especially we, we see that he he's there this is like the ni- late 1970s, 1980. Um also I did want to note I realized that I I mixed up the dates there a little bit when I was talking about The Shining. Uh the book came out in 1977, the movie came out in 1980. So anyway, so this occurs in supposedly 1980, modern day at the time and um and yet there's this photograph that shows that he was there back in like the 1920s. How can that be? How can that make sense? Well, what if he was there? What if he was there in the 1920s and he was also there in the 1980s? And maybe he was there at other times too. What if he also was at other hauntings at other times as well? Um, what I'm thinking is, what if, what if he's like from the future, right? Jack Torrance is like a cover and who knows what his actual name is or maybe his name's Jack Torrance and he's he's from the future and he's tasked or something with going back and um and like cataloging information about uh about ghosts about spirits and such things uh, because maybe in the future that's still something that's like highly misunderstood or not not really cataloged well or documented or those documents are lost or something whatever that's not the important part but what if jack torrance is sent back in back in time and uh and maybe he's gone to other hauntings first and he's been doing this for a while and then then he comes to the overlook hotel um except he first goes in the 1920s and something happens between like in the interaction between his machine and the ghosts and it saps his memory and send and the machine sends him to like he it like makes him an amnesiac and sends him to the 1980s. Hmm. I know it's a stretch. I'm well aware, mm-hmm. but it also <clears throat> makes things make sense. Fair. I mean, while I while I like things making sense, I also don't know if if they need to make sense. That's fair. Yeah. Do you have another suggestion? No, I... Somewhere else you'd like to take it? I I was thinking along the lines of, of Tyler, maybe how... I, I latched onto what you said about maybe he's at every haunting. Like and every haunting ever? I kind of latched... Yeah, oh, latched wow. onto that okay. a little bit. I was thinking not quite that extensive. King but... of the Demons. No. Jack. I was thinking Skellington? more... Jack Skellington. More... All uh... comes full snorkel. Sor- snorkel. Snorkel. All comes full snorkel. I was definitely thinking more passive as far as like in other hauntings and stuff. And it's only because of some accident or something that um, the Overlook Hotel becomes his resting place, his own resting place. Okay. So I know I'm a big fan of the this person's all in your head trope. Okay. But what if this person is in Danny's head? Excuse so me. his father yep. is all in his head the ghost of his father is in his head right because so, so his father existed his father Jack existed, right, existed. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so instead of going to the cabin with his mom and his dad, he goes to the cabin with his mom, who took this job. And it's just him, his mom, and the cook, who's a bit of a weirdo, granted. But it's just the three of them hanging out there, right? So, and then with Danny's ability to see ghosts and his, his shining, right? Maybe we say that his father is, like, he sees his father um, there and recognizes it, as, recognizes it as his father. But in his childlike state, he doesn't recognize that his father is dead. Mm. Instead believes that, oh, my father is here with us and starts getting a little weird when... Uh, his con- his conflicting stories from his mother and from his own brain start interacting. Well, Danny had an imaginary friend in the movie, right? Tony. In the book, too? Yep, or, Tony. Okay. His finger. Yeah. Red Ram. Red Ram. Red Ram. Which I still think is a really dumb Danny thing. Danny isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> I was okay. I was even okay with the finger thing from the movie where he like wiggles his finger up and down. Like that was, I was okay with that when Tony's talking to indicate that, like whatever. But the red rum thing, like, red rum. it's, it's murder spelled backwards. Yeah, like, but we don't figure that out until halfway through the movie. Yes, you do. No, it's you so, don't. You know what? Now, in post, in hindsight, in hindsight, when I watched it, I thought it was very evident. But well, maybe that's just not me. all of us are like you, Tyler. I'm not saying everyone has to be. <laughs> just more. Wish more people were. No, not really. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So. You know who I, else isn't here or there? Jack. See, Torrance. I I want I want time. Jack to be real. We've used the trope of like, what if a character doesn't but actually I exist? Love that trope. But we've done that quite a few times. But I love it. Dad. <laughs> It's not a phase, okay? <laughs> I love him. You love Jack? Daddy, I love him. Come on. Name what that, are you name doing? That movie. It sounds like Les Mis. No. Okay. Just okay. a little mermaid. Oh. I haven't... I'm sure that exact forget. phrase is in multiple movies. Probably. So. Okay. <laughs> but we're not talking about the little mermaid. You are not talking about the little mermaid. <laughs> Jack Torrance is the Little Mermaid. Yep. All comes full square. Oh, the Jack, Dingle Hopper. Ah! Jack, Jack Torrance is King Triton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Danny is the Little Mermaid. Esteban. No. What if Jack Torrance is. <laughs> is that his name? Esteban? Is there an Esteban? We're not Sebastian? talking about that. That one. That was close. The pivotal character in Little Mermaid? Yeah. Anywho. No. Copyright. <laughs> they gotta catch us first. <laughs> Nick is on... Drugs. No. Currently. No. Cough drops. Cough drops. All kinds of them. Menthol. Menthol. Well, get me going. Apparently. Yeah. What if... What is happening? <laughs> Jack Torrance... <laughs> anyway. ...is a victim of his own book. Okay. Keep going. So what if he is writing the novel in which the hotel as an entity or whatever it may be takes control of his book and then makes him the subject of the book. So as Jack writes the character, whoever it may be in the story, who is growing more agitated, growing more psychotic. He as well 
spirals because now the hotel or whatever has influenced him to match his story now. Oh, working to play makes Jack a dull boy. Yep. Yes, it does. Because all he's doing is writing his book, which is then writing him. What is the play slash book in the movie slash book? I have no idea. Do we know? Uh, probably out there somewhere, maybe. Could be. I mean, I, I think... All we know is that he works on it nonstop, right? Yeah, like nonstop. Yeah. And he gets very frustrated frequently by, a from our perception as the audience or reader, um, by his lack of success in getting work done, like productive work done on it. Uh, writer's block kind of thing? Yeah. And he lashes out because of that, but because of the hotel. Yeah. At specifically Wendy. Yes, correct. At his wife. His wife. So if he, if he then is the victim of his own doing, I think that would be interesting. Okay. So he's writing his book mm-hmm. about the hotel. Or perhaps maybe it didn't start out that way, but then it, it gets kind of drawn in that now there's this hotel and this family living in the hotel that... You know, like, it, it starts to match really similarly to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that then affects his own psyche. Okay, so writes from his own experiences. Right. Maybe well, without recognizing it. Yeah, to the point where he is writing that this character goes crazy because he wants it to be a murder mystery or whatever. Right. His character is going crazy, which then makes him go more crazy because it's now him that he's writing about. And as... He spirals, the character spirals even further, which then makes him spiral even further. It's a it's a cycle. And then right. perhaps maybe It's there's a problem. A, well, yeah, there's a there's a scene maybe at the end of the movie where we zoom in on the book and the words are still writing even though he's not writing anymore. Okay. Like maybe he's running after Wendy, trying to kill her, and we look at the book and the book's pages are turning and words are still being written in the book. So the, probably just saying all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Maybe fading off into just like, like it's still kind of, it, you can kind of tell that that's what it's saying, but it's just like it's turning into massive scribbles and then it's like filling up the pages in ink. And then it's like, maybe you start to see a, like a image in the black ink sort of thing is that the pages become totally covered or whatever. I don't know. So then, or then, Jack Torrance is Harry Potter and uh, this is Voldemort's, uh, journal. This is Tom Riddle's journal, and he becomes possessed by he who must not be named. Uh, <laughs> but you already said his name. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> you said Voldemort, Tom Riddle, and he who must not be named. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, my bad. It would then explain the picture at the end of the movie, where perhaps the picture isn't existing in reality, it's existing in the book now. What if we took it <coughs> meta, like very meta, mm-hmm. and we said, okay, what if this happened in a weird way? So what if Stephen King is writing a novel called The Shining, and he's writing about this character named Jack Torrance, who is also writing a novel called The Shining, who is about a different character named, doesn't matter. Mac Lawrence. And so on. And I was so say, on. Um, Stephen Hawking. What? Why? I don't know. That was the name that came to my head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, and what if, what if, in like per se, in our in our canon, in popular apocrypha style, what if when Stephen King's writing this, the hotel, like Riley's saying, is acting upon Stephen King, which is acting upon Jack Torrance, 
which is acting upon the other characters. Okay. And it just keeps like that that tunnel just keeps going down, but the level of like crazy that the hotel places upon each person gets more intense the further layers down you go. Begins with King. So King is first, and his level of crazy is, I mean, really decently high. Fairly high. Like, see, in Stephen King, I mean, if if you haven't read one of his books before, they're very well written, first of all. Oh, yeah. Um, Gifted with But words. also, he might be a wee bit crazy, and he might be okay with that, and that's cool. Um, but, I mean, what if the hotel drew that out of him and put that into The Shining? And that's what it is today, is that that level of crazy is what we see for, for, for Stephen King. But then the next level down for... for uh, uh, Jack for Jack Torrance, or maybe what if Jack isn't the next level down? What if Jack's the fifth level down, the seventh level down, the twenty-fifth level down? What if it keeps going and he's a character in some other character's novel, and at some point it just the novel just becomes all work and no play. It just becomes words on a page that don't make sense. It's like a what descent if, into madness. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's a figurative and a literal descent into madness for these characters. Jack, because I couldn't find much in a quick Google search, at least, about what his original novel or play was supposed to be about, because all that it ends up being that we're aware of is just all work and no play makes Jack a little boy. And I mean, that's all that we see. Stephen King likes to use writers as characters a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. right. So what if... So it may not matter his content, it just matters he's a writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what if what if uh, Jack is the last character of The Shining? What if he is second the one last. at the uh, yeah second to last I should say? What if he's like at the bottom of the barrel of the crazy from technically the Stanley Hotel, which becomes the Overlook Hotel by the end? Hmm. Or <coughs> I'm, I'm also okay with revisiting the whole time travel aspect. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. My only reservation about that one is I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it, you know, um, because it it feels almost like we're turning King into a character in, Kinda, this, in, this, yeah. in this sense. Um, Which that's not that we don't that's not really what we do. No. So. Um, but how, however, I, I'm not necessarily against it, you know. I've got one more very different proposal to throw at you. Okay. What if Jack Torrance? Threw, so let's put that put put a pin in that other idea. Maybe maybe return to it. Maybe not. What if Jack Torrance is like an immortal being, per se? Immortal like like cl classic immortality of like, yeah, they can they can be killed, but like they won't die of old age, sort of thing. Right. And, and you waken them with kisses. Yep. Yeah. It's like Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. And um, sure, who's the other one that got a kiss? Jack Torrance, Jack apparently. Torrance, apparently. Um, so where I was going with this was I was gonna say, what if Jack Torrance has been around on earth for hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years, and probably thousands of years, and the human, but he's like more or less physiologically a, a normal human being, more or less. Um, in that, insofar at least as his brain goes. And what if his brain can't really handle thousands of years and it can't really take in all of that information? Okay. And so, um, and, and what we see early on 
is his brain just starts rejecting information. He just forgets things, like on a mass scale. Okay. Like he starts forgetting hundreds of years of information. Okay. And so what if um, what if he has maybe some sort of like episode where um, like a like a, a break mental episode mm-hmm. where he loses a bunch of his memory and then within the next year or so he meets Wendy and this is when he starts his life with Wendy and this is when he tries to become a writer because of previous influences on his life that he can't really piece together very well. Um, uh, especially because, at least in accordance to the original canon, uh, uh, he had a very abusive father as well. So maybe that's playing into that as well, tying, tying all that in together. Um, so he starts his life with Wendy, and then Danny comes along. And, um, and Danny's powers are somehow... Um, tied in to to uh, Jack's ability or wherever whatever Jack the cause of Jack's power or long life is um, is also somehow related maybe okay and then um, but this is toward truly the end of immortal Jack's life his his brain is dying um, mm. and it can't take on much more really at all and so. It like seven years after that big episode where he forgets a, basically all of his past life, mm-hmm. um, they uh, he takes this job at the Overlook Hotel, and uh, the and maybe what if there are no spirits? What if there? It's just him. So I like to think like echoes of the memories he's had. Yeah. So I'm or I'm what if what if there's like a field. That is the Overlook Hotel, right? It's like the supernatural field there, but it's just a receptor. It just picks up whatever's put into it. And so there's this immortal dude with all this crazy brain space. And his son. And his son, who also has crazy brain stuff going on, supernatural sort of thing going on. And the cook. Yeah, who also had the shining stuff going on, although now I don't know how to explain that, but... Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. We're not worrying about. <laughs> We're not worrying about the cook. The no. cook's not the the focus yeah, of the episode. It's just Jack. It's Johnny, so. and and therefore Danny kind of mainly orders? mainly Jack. So they're put into this this naturally occurring sphere, this receptor of like echo psychic chamber. energy. Yeah, this 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 echo chamber of psychic energy, and it creates the shining. Like we, so a lot of the stuff that we see in the film and stuff is relatively the same. I mean, a lot of the the crazy... I mean, I don't know about the people in furry suits, but, I mean, maybe. It's an echo of a memory. The dog man. Yeah? See, I... I Lots of things. I, I like this idea. I like the idea that he's he's an immortal, and his brain is starting to, to crap out. Right. right. He's, yeah. he's dying. Like, um, regardless of whether or not he freezes in the snow, dead. he's going to be dead soon. I like to think that it, it's, it's a problem because uh, that the immortals will sometimes stumble across, but not always, right? So the immortals will oftentimes, like, after a while, their brain just archives things, puts it away, and they don't have to deal with it. Eventually, if it's not used after a long enough time, it's dumped, right? Like like you would on a computer. If, if, if your processor, or if you go through and you see that you haven't touched this application in five years, you dump it. But what, right? if, what if for Jack that can't happen? Because we know, again, from the previous canon... He has severe alcoholism and drug abuse, and that's what I'm wondering. Like, what what happens? What if he decided to dabble a little too heavily into substances that tweaked with his brain? Right. Um, and instead of archiving, then dumping, 
it archives and then dumps back into his self. Yeah, just, yeah, just, it just it's a it's a never ending loop. So his own head is an echo chamber too. Yes, basically. So maybe he starts getting little episodes here and there. Like that might be the reason he attacked his son and hurt his son. Right. Not because he was drunk, but because Ooh. he was having he was having a, a an episode where right. his brain was dumping information back into itself. Um, and then he they get up to the to the cabin, and this maybe maybe it's a psychic echo chamber, whatever it may be. Um, his his brain starts to try to dump and dumps it directly back into his normal psyche, what he's what he's already seeing, and he starts to see these things that he'd experienced once before. Right. But he doesn't quite know that he's experienced it once before because his brain has already archived right. it. And with this with this background that we're giving Jack potentially or potentially giving him, yes. I'm, I'm liking where this is going. Theoretically, um, it would also explain why he was in the photograph is because. He had been to the Overlook Hotel mm-hmm. years ago, yep. but he doesn't remember that. Yep. He doesn't have any idea of that. Maybe he's been there a couple times. And his memories, the ghosts, are telling him that he's been there because he has been yeah, there. because you were here. And his brain is trying to restructure itself and mm-hmm. say, no, you were here, yeah. but the rest of his brain is also dying and telling him to kill his family. The bartender he bumps into yeah. knows that he was there because yeah. he was there. Because he, he was there. He bumped into that bartender. Yeah. It's super compelling to frame at least for me, to frame The Shining as, like, almost the, like, the the last heat death of his brain. Yeah. These flashes that keep getting more and more rapid. And psychologically, it makes sense, too, because we know that every time I, I think of a memory, I'm thinking of my last version of that memory. Right. Which changes every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have a, a thousand-year-old being who whose own brain is now memory dumping stuff and is getting a little bit shaky, a little bit changey every time. Mm-hmm. And then you put him in a place that may already have some spiritual echo chamber like stuff going on, then you yeah, you have a recipe for a hot mess. Yeah, right. You you've got this this perfect stew of crazy energy memory bouncing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i would argue in the in the movie at least in the film i don't think oh no wait yes we what? never see crazy things really happen mm. from wendy's perspective no wendy right mm, uh you not at, at the end you do yeah she mm. sees she starts seeing the ghosts at the end fair but if she's in a place that's an echo chamber right then it would be... Then it would make sense that she might see it at the end. Right. When it's reaching its finale. Yeah. It's climax. Things are, are, are ramping up. Yeah. Things are getting hot. When Jack's brain is about to explode or yeah. implode on itself. Right. That that would then reach past the bounds of his own mental it's, capacity. Especially if his son, who apparently also has some form of psychicness and to him. And the cook. And maybe the cook. Not trying not to dabble in the cook. No, we don't. Have to, <laughs> we don't have to dabble in the cook's stuff. Um, but but that's also probably like echoing on the fringe of Danny's mind too. Like that's he's he's probably also somewhat of a receptor, a receptacle for those thoughts as well. Well, the visions that he sees throughout the movie, because Danny sees more visions than Wendy. Yeah, mm-hmm. way more. Could be he's picking up on the reflections. Exactly. The like they're not him. The yeah, kinds of the stuff. blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not rusty water. R- rusty water. <laughs> um, it's not anything from Danny. It's 
picking up on the echoes of his father, his father. Right. And he's just catching the what's coming back. Yeah. Like, like a ripple in the water. Which yeah. makes me much even more empathetic toward Danny because it's like he really is just trying to get through this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how he is anyway in the film, but even more so because this has really totally just been forced on him un, unconsciously. Yeah, maybe maybe some of these memories uh, severely affect how Danny reacts to things and how he does things. Um, with his father being an immortal and having spent time way back when, right, uh, maybe some of that hunter instinct kind of kicks in every once in a while like we see um when he backtracks in his own footsteps mm-hmm. out of the maze i i would do that you know yeah i like, probably wouldn't I'm, think of that i'm not, 22 years old not in the heat of the moment when i'm yeah, being chased exactly by and, and i'm being chased by some crazy dude with my father with an axe yeah into this hedge maze that i've never really spent a lot of time in um yeah like i wouldn't think okay back step backwards through my own footsteps to throw off my yeah my maybe maybe before the overlook hotel mm-hmm. danny's subconscious and uh jack's subconscious not like knowingly at all against the super subconsciously communicated with each other and like transferred some files basically like mm-hmm. he picked up some memories some basic information some general ideas from jack so something that I was going to say that you're already picking or going into is what if Tony is an echo of Jack's childhood self? Like Danny's mm. Danny's imaginary friend is an echo right, his of Jack's childhood self. And or what if, I mean, Jack's an immortal. He's been around a long time. He's probably got other families out there. And he and we know he has other families out, out right. there too. Uh, he has another daughter and then a grand a granddaughter later who has the shining ability. I mean, Tony could be another living re- like relative somewhere else on the planet. Or a memory, uh, a, a memory bounce coming from Jack of one of his past right. sons. Or that. You know, like Tony is, maybe Tony was the son that happened before Danny. Right. But we don't get to experience maybe, that. And maybe that son some, like, died in it, tragically, maybe in a war or something like right. that. And maybe that's what drove Jack to his addictions. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, as, as things started to come out. And that, would, that, and that way it would be before all of the addictions, mm-hmm. the, that, that memory of that, of that child, and that's pinging through Jack to Danny to be Danny's guide. Right. Tony. Antonio, I don't know. Nick just wiggled his finger I, since you can't see. Red <laughs> round. Um, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm digging this new. This what new if Jack. Jack murdered Tony. Why? I don't know. But was this like first first um memory dump episode? That would make sense. It had maybe to start that's what Maybe maybe Tony didn't happen pre addiction. Maybe during Jack had yeah maybe Jack had just started to dabble, not knowing how much it would affect his brain. Right. Um, maybe not knowing that I don't know cocaine. So that snake tweaks venom. with your brain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe cocaine tweaks with your brain a little bit more, or maybe he didn't realize that like alcohol today is a lot more potent than alcohol way back in the day, and so he started taking the same amounts that he normally would. Mm. Well, even I mean, so this is super super dark, but um, I would. I would think that if you were an immortal being, that there is some degree to which you would get bored. 
Yeah. The I would I would say that the impermanence of life kind of makes it worth living your best life. Right? Mm. If time no longer matters and it's boring to live good anymore, well what's it like to try drugs? Well what's it like to drink? Well what's it like to kill something? Yeah, right. You know, like maybe it could go super, super dark. What what's it like to kill? Yeah, what's it like to, to, kill? to feel again? Yeah, to kill my son. What's that what's that experience? And then I've experienced everything else. What's it like to kill my son? He does it spring? can't cope, memory dump. Now that is a reflection then of Tony in right. Danny, right. which then speaks to Danny about, hey, this isn't a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to know how to survive him. Yeah. yeah. Something's a little bit off yeah. about your father. Like, guess what? He killed me. Yeah. And I, then I that do, would be I the red rum. Like, I do like the darker <laughs> twist. That would be the red rum part. I don't know. I don't, yeah, right. Um, I don't know how much I want to dive directly into, oh, he did it just for funsies. But I do like the the idea that yes he he killed his son in whatever that looks like his his son Tony beforehand. I mean, um, and if they if they if it's maybe his son Tony was in a more maybe Danny is too. I don't want to get too much into Danny because there's more to Danny than we might do in an episode on him eventually. But maybe maybe his son Tony was an immortal and Jack was an immortal and a thousand years ago maybe they were both. I mean, what if Tony was like. 200 years old and jack was like seven eight hundred years old whatever and they're on like opposing sides of a war or something and like or or a battle of some sort and uh, some fight some historical fight and jack wins jack beats him i don't know just an option jack jack kills tony right tony falls tony's helmet falls off jack sees what he's done loses his mind starts to yeah yeah literally in the sense of memory dump and yeah etc literally starts to lose his mind it loses however it happens i think he should be the one to kill tony i'm i'm on board Mm. yeah Yeah, i like that i i tend to lean more towards the malevolent side of it (laughs) yeah right just to then kind of influence how tony would reach out to danny in a like a protective sense a defensive a defensive measure yeah, that's probably that's. But probably however, it happened. Eh, just it had malevolence in some nature. They were both politicians in ancient Egypt, the, and the only uncorrupt politicians. Tony got backstabbed yeah. by his own father, literally. Kill, I don't know. Killed him. Whatever. He, his, so uh, Tony was Julius Caesar, and um, his father was Brutus. I mean, uh, it would explain. E two Brute. Daddy, <laughs> and you, Brutus. or what if, Daddy, <laughs> and you, Papa? What if, what you if you would do this too, Papa? What if Tony was, uh, uh, Rome? What's his name? Begins with an A. Uh, the big, big dude, like the like historically one of the most significant actors of all of history, Mark created Anthony? the great Roman Empire. Like he's the dude. And something the great Philip, something the great Alexander. Alexander, what if what if that was Tony? Hey. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. Alexander the Great was Tony. And okay. No, 
Like, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm okay. trying to flesh out what this is looking like. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Okay, cool. And you said it too? I, all right, I'm on board. And what if, so this is, let's say that they've both, Tony and, and Jack have been around for a long time. Yes. And, and Jack sees the true accomplishments that Tony is making. Okay. And he's never done anything. Because he's a drunk. Because, yeah, he's an addict and always has been for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years of being an addict and having never done anything, and also having a number of other major issues mentally, mental health-wise. And he sees this, and it just starts to grind at him, and it just starts to get jealous, and just starts to... He becomes bitter towards his own, his own son, mm. and um, and then backstabs him, and thus the end of Alexander the Great. And, yeah, I don't know. It's an option. I kind of, I'm okay with leaving that open-ended. It's something along those sorts of lines. Something malevolent. Yeah. Something dark. Something borderline evil. Something long ago, too. Yes. So, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm, I'm on board. I confirm that. Hence the brain dump. Yep. The well, start. Yeah, the start. Yeah, the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that just, again, cycles and gets worse and yep. worse and worse. Yep. And by 1980... He done. Yeah. He's going to be done sooner than later. And yeah. So the hotel itself has some tor- sort of influence, right? Yes. What is that influence? Is so, it really just an echo chamber of whatever's in it? Or does it have a little bit of So we've something? given we've given some malevolence to Jack, the character, yep. the immortal. Yep. Um, in the original canon, Jack also had some... He, so his father, Jack's father was abusive and he, Jack became abusive as well. So there was some, and, and alcoholic and drug abuser and a number of things. Um, so there are some serious, arguably malevolent issues that Jack's already dealing with before we add in this immortal stuff. So I don't, I don't know if we need the hotel to also be malevolent in any way or to even have ghosts of any kind. I don't really think that's necessary at this point. It's a neutral party that takes on whatever is in it. Yeah. It's just like a natural thing. It's like, it's just literally like this bubble that just exists in this place. Like the hotel just happens to reside there. I mean, there's such things as natural resonances, right? Like when you play a frequency, certain things will vibrate at that frequency. And what if it's it's just so coincidental enough that the hotel's aura or this area around the hotel psychically has the same resonance frequency as um, Jack's brain dumps? I mean, if we take if we accept string theory, then the collective resonance of all sub subatomic particles strings of that area if they're all collectively resonating as according to the collective resonance or vibration as like jack's brain Mm. and those processes then i mean quantumly who knows what would happen realistically like in real life i mean i don't even know that's not exactly how the science works but like we can fudge it it's fine so who's gonna stop us the cops no (laughs) what Cops are gonna stop us from screwing up string theory. I mean, you're not no, wrong. Michio Kaku might. He might be mad at us. But that's okay. Yeah. Because we're a podcast. He can't. He can't catch us. He's too old. Well, we're just out running. I don't know about that. Unless he can teleport. Because of his strings. 
Okay. Well. What? He's yeah. got a great book. Okay. The Science of the Impossible. But <laughs> we're talking about Jack. Yeah, but I'm talking about Michio Kaku. What does Jack wear? Clothes. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> They're just, also a figment. He's just freeballing all the time. Ooh, freeballing. Don't like that descriptor. No? No. Don't like that one. Feels nope. uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm a boxer briefs man both myself. Both comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. Yeah. I'm a compression shorts kind of guy. Chafy. Chafy. Only things to be secured. I want him to wear a... Onesie at all times. Nope. Uh, a no. A Pikachu onesie. Yes. <laughs> With the hat and tail and everything. Yeah, obviously. I, I honestly think what he wears is not super important. I'm just here to ask questions. <laughs> I I mean... He, he also asked what Dracula wears in the last episode. Well, we regularly discuss accessories, clothing, appearance of some form. Mm-hmm. So I, that's really the question is, are, do we want or need to change anything about Jack's appearance, accessories, or clothing of some form? I don't think so. I think his immortal self would just kind of change his clothing with the time so he doesn't keep even like his subconscious doesn't like keep on any sort of like heirloom per se through the centuries with him i don't know if if he would after a while hold on to that um memory or or hold on to things like that Especially okay. if his brain keeps dumping. Especially given from where we're picking up in the, the Shining, yeah. the last memory dump was like the big one, yeah. where like everything is gone pretty much. Yeah, he's or, or, almost or a clean trying slate. to. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think he's. I don't think that's kind of his thing. Okay. To carry things. I don't think he's that sentimental. What do you the, think? The thing I do want him to have, though, as an immortal, uh, just as kind of a, a facet of an immortal in this in this story. Okay. No belly button. No, not that. I want him. I want. I think he should be naturally born. But what I want to have different... Seven belly buttons. Like nature. Like no. Born from a tree. No. Ooh. No. Is that when he looks into your eyes, his eye color is your eye color. Huh? So he's got mirror eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. What does that have to do with him being an immortal? I'm not trying I just think it's... I, I think that'd be a cool... Because, like, vampires have... Oh, they don't show up in mirrors. And then werewolves are... There's Harry. So <laughs> if... Like they're just hairy. the facet of an immortal is that they like when you look them in the eye, right? Their eye color is your eye color. But here's the deal, right? Because everyone perceives differently. Yes. Unless you were to say, "Wow, what nice blue eyes you have," and the person next to you is like, "What are you? What are you about? talking about?" His eyes are brown. Yeah, and then it gets super awkward, and he has to leave. So this is weird, guys. I can't handle this. Yeah. Okay. Is the dress blue or gold? I'm, I'm okay with this. Stop. But I do have a question. Okay. What if Jack looks in a mirror? Into his own eyes? He's, Does he just not have eyes? He sees his own soul. And he dies. And, and, <laughs> he can't look into mirrors. his own internal hell. My face. My face. He sees Tyler. Okay, look. Uh, throwback. Yeah, that's throwback last... Yeah, one of the episodes we've done. Um... That's a solid question about what he sees when he looks in in a mirror. He sees <laughs> all of the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> Skittles. Maybe maybe when he looks in the mirror, um, he sees what he truly desires, like in Harry Potter. Mm. You know? 
So he sees, sees what he truly wants. Red eyes. Yes, he sees he sees eyes. Wrinkle in time style. Um, that have the cat pupil. Um, Ooh. but also the the like. Ooh, but the lizard the like le- uh uh films of yeah, the eyes right. that like blink sideways or whatever. Because inside Jack is still an emo kid. Yeah. What? Yeah, emo Jack. His parents just didn't understand him. Yeah, that's why he ran away from home and killed his kids. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just, you just don't understand this. It isn't a phase. Yeah, it's an immortal thousand don't year have phases. <laughs> okay. Immortals um, don't have phases, mom. There's a lot know. to unpack. Um, Maybe we just first off, no, none of that works. Also, like, that's really not really what emoness is no. either <laughs> i i do think perhaps when he looks in the Agree mirror to disagree <laughs> he looks in the mirror he sees perhaps that used to be how memories would replay like or perhaps even when he looks in the mirror he could relive memories like almost instead instead of remembering them he could relive them if he looks in a mirror for like a short amount of time yeah what if it's not like something that he can control though what if it's just like he just gets like oh, no, popped it, into something? It just well, it just plays. Yeah, it just plays a memory. Yeah, it doesn't say what memory. It just plays a memory. Um, so then now, if if he were to look into a mirror in the hotel, it would be chaos because his brain is imploding. I mean, thus the ghosts and stuff from The Shining, the stuff that he sees, or like, and then they start coming out of the mirrors, sort of thing. <laughs> They're coming to get you. Yeah. Not, they're, they're coming, not coming to get you, Jack. They're not coming to get Jack. They're, they're in a weird way, for Jack. They're tr- it's his brain trying to reconstitute itself. So they're there, sort of, to help him, but it's not, it doesn't know how. It's not able to. Uh, it's it's frying itself. Yeah, unfortunately. exactly. And with already malevolent intent. Yeah. It just goes it's, spiral. It just spirals real fast, mm-hmm. real bad. Mm-hmm. In that echo chamber... With Danny, the echo chamber, the assisting as well. Yeah. I so, think yeah. that's what I, that's what I want. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think I'd like that to be one of his features of an immortal. Is okay. that and his eye color is the, the eye color of the one looking in his eyes. Oh, and memory mirrors. And memory mirrors. Memory mirrors. No. Mirroring memories. He was born from a tree. No. You said natural born. Yes. Born from nature. As in, born from a human. As in a dryad. He was born from a human. human. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. The human (laughs) of a human and a tree. No. Just like in Evil Dead. Oh, I was going to say Timothy Green. No, we're different mind spaces. (laughs) That's two different ends of the spectrum. Very different. Very far different. (laughs) Evil Dead. Very. Okay. Uh, Does he still die at the end? Yeah, because he can still die of, like, extremes or be killed. It's just, like, old age and, um, like, naturally occurring diseases and stuff. Yeah. Like, those he has. His 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 body doesn't decay like ours yeah. would. Or it doesn't age like ours would. And then he's got a natural antibodies that defend him from all pathogens. Yeah, because... Because without that decay yeah. being a constant toll on the body, your your body would be able to produce a lot more yeah. uh, antibodies, a lot more uh, protection, yeah. and be able to take care of itself. I mean, the things that that would impact physiologically to a human would be incredible. We'd yeah. all be so much more healthy. Um, it, it'd be like uh, the elves from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 
That's basically the... They can be killed in battle. Yeah. Or even, like, they get lost in a snowstorm. They're probably still going to die. Yeah. Probably. But they live forever. More or less. Yeah. Or very, Technically, they don't. Very long lives. Very is long. Is what they claim. Huh. But they essentially, they essentially live Basically. forever. And then they go, like, crossover to continue yeah. their lives. But we're not going to talk about Lord of the Rings anymore. But, Dad... I want to talk about anybody but Jack. <laughs> Just keep bringing up trees, my boy. My trees. <laughs> Little Mermaid. Nope. <laughs> Pikachu. What is happening? Um, Nick's in a weird headspace. Yeah. And I'm enabling him. I can't argue with that. This is a thing. Do you think it's weird that Jack Torrance is played by Jack Nicholson? No. No, I think it's perfect for him. I mean, I think that the casting director did just an amazing job. Perfect. Yeah. Just... No, I agree. And I'm who, still imagining... Who play our new, new Jack? I'm still imagining Jack Nicholson. Still Jack Nicholson? Yeah. A younger Jack, though. I think that we... What if, as his brain decays, that causes a toll on his body and he starts to age rapidly? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. No. Hmm. But, I... but like, young Brad Pitt... Like in Spartacus, mm. when he's got abs of the craziest abs you ever saw. Okay. I'm still thinking Jack Nicholson. Nah, Brad Pitt. But who in the movie or the novel that we see him in ages really fast because of his brain? Will Ferrell. No. But today's no. Will Ferrell. No. No. Um, who's the guy <laughs> that the main actor in A Cure for A Cure for Wellness? Uh, uh, Dane DeHaan. That would he would play a really good Jack Nicholson, like they they Jack some, Torrance. Well, right, but like if if from our perspective, what we have seen of Jack Torrance is Jack Nicholson, like just sort of in character. Really, yeah. just, that's Chris, just Chris Jack Hemsworth. Nicholson. No, no Nick, no Avengers, <laughs> none. It's like well, there no, the fine. rest of my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. Well, I can't go down the list. <laughs> no Scarlett Johansson. Damn it! That was my next answer. <laughs> But no, yeah, that'd be great. Dane DeHaan as... Uh, what do you guys think, though, about the quickly aging thing? Are you guys as he, down with that or no? As, 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 as his the, brain frying? As his brain is frying, it's taking such a toll on his physical body. Because, again, physical health is mental health. Mental health is physical health. I mean, not... That's that's a phrase. But... It's a, it's a thing. But, like, those, they impact each other. Very yeah, significantly. Oh yeah, yeah, severely. And so, what if that, upon his immortal body... So it starts to lose his grip on that and starts to age quickly. I think it. I think it take a toll. I don't know if it would age him rapidly. Okay. Because I think. I think that would throw in more kinks than we can okay. iron out. Okay. Then, it would yeah. almost give away the punchline that he's an immortal. That's true. If you saw You're him right. age rapidly. You're right. Then yeah, just young Dane DeHaan. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba. No. No, Nick. Casey Affleck? No. But closer. Ben Affleck. <laughs> no. <laughs> you were closer with Casey Affleck. That would have been an okay casting choice. Andrew Garfield. No. Well, <laughs> do you guys have anything any, Anything else that you want to add? Uh, or Riley, do you have anything else that you want to add? Keanu Reeves. No. That's, the, that's it. That's He's busy the with John Wick. We Eventually we'll have to tackle John Wick probably. So. I don't know if we can. I know. He's the coolest character. He's the perfect ever character. Made. Not true. Okay. I've never seen the film. Give give me one example nope. of his flaws. No. We're not doing that now. Nick? Different podcast. 
We're not Different doing time. that. Because tattoos are cool, too. <laughs> no. You know what isn't cool? Hmm. Going on a killing spree because they killed your dog. No, that's the coolest. No, it's not. It's the coolest thing. Okay. As I always, have nothing else to contribute always, to Jack can, Torrance. Uh, find us on so our social media handles at Podcast. P-O-P-A-P-O-C. That's also our website, P-O-P-A-P-O-C.com. I think Jack is great, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> We did a really good job, team. I think I'm going to go and uh, tuck these boys into bed. Oh, yeah, bedtime. Podcast! Um. <laughs> podcast! <laughs> What's podcast backwards? Uh. Stacked up! Stacked up. Stacked up! Stacked up. By the God. way, I was doing my finger thingy the whole time for you at home, that audience. Uh, November 3rd, we are partnering with Team Rooster Teeth for Extra Life 2018. If you don't know what Extra Life is, it's a charity live streaming event online um, on uh, on sites like Twitch and YouTube um, and Facebook and other sites like that that have live streaming where um, it's a community that is going to come together and play games online for 24 hours straight in order to raise funds and awareness for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, we are joining uh, Team Rooster Teeth, as I said, um, in order to... Um, try and add into that fundraising goal. Our goal is $1,000, um, which may or may not seem like a lot, but um, if we reach that goal, then Nick and I get to shave Riley's beard on the live stream. We're going to be playing some awesome games, both some video games, maybe some board games, maybe some other things. We've got some cool stuff planned and in the works for you. Um, so keep keep that in mind and check it out. Uh, you can find it at extra dash life.org slash participant slash p-o-p-a-p-o-c or you can just go to the website and click the link p-o-p-a-p-o-c dot com that's probably easier um up. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode um please go ahead and check out our, our previous episodes as well um if you if you like uh give us a review it means truly like a review means everything than doing this um just uh, i mean just hearing from you guys what you like what you what thoughts you have is is everything to us so um we hope that you liked our modified version of uh jack or johnny torrance um uh and we uh hope that it it uh kind of made sense i don't know that's the podcast i think it made total sense okay cool bye Second up. see you later I don't care what the sandwich people say. A hot dog is not a sandwich and it never will be.